Hello! Sorry to be so joyous on a crappy evening, but welcome into the PHLY Phillies podcast. Jamie Lynch, Renee Washington, in with you, reacting live to a um, a gut shot there. There's no other way to describe that one. Uh, I have a lot of notes from tonight's game. We'll kind of walk through it and, and uh, psychiatrist ourselves here. Uh, I don't know what my overwhelming... Um, driving thought is after that one other than the bats were asleep and the Phillies didn't capitalize ever. If you allow two runs in a playoff baseball game, you should be able to win that game. Uh, you know, I can't really finger point on much. We all kind of knew a Craig Kimbrell devastation was due to the Phillies uh, at some point this postseason. I'm glad it came in a two nothing series lead, I guess is my optimistic spin on the game. Uh, but Renee, I, I, I walk away from that one. Just kind of like, if the bats are going to be like that, you're not going to win any games. So I kind of, you know, men in black Norton, what is it? The neuralizer. Yes. I neuralize myself. <laughs> if I'm in that locker room, fresh slate start tomorrow. You know, obviously you want some better at bats from guys, but there's just not a whole lot you can do in a baseball game. Uh, where the bats don't hit. Well, I was a little surprised when I heard that the Phillies didn't do their usual pregame routine, didn't do any any sort of batting practice prior to the game. And that, to me, was the first thing I was kind of like, like Yeah, okay, that that's, stadium that's of odd. all places. Yeah, yeah, and also it's your first of three games there. Like, I actually would understand if the Phillies didn't have batting practice for game, you know, four or five. But it's the first time you're playing there for this series and so after, you know, you travel and, and we've been there, you know, you travel, you have, you're setting into a whole new routine. It's a different time zone. It's, it's, it's completely different. Start off with the usual routine that you have, you know, it, to me, it just kind of sets the tempo from that point on. Um, and then that by no surprise, once I saw the first five innings, first six innings, you know, innings are going on, you're scoreless, you're scoreless, you're scoreless. I was kind of like, okay, this is what we're in store for today. So, you know, bats are definitely struggling, Mickey. I agree with you. Um, I know a lot of you are talking about Kimbrel. We talked on the show in the regular season. I vividly remember us sitting in these same seats having a conversation about Craig Kimbrel and his inability to pay attention to stolen bases and, of course, the pitch clock. And you're facing the Diamondbacks, who are the number two team this postseason in stolen bases behind the Phillies. And by no surprise, in a, in a big moment, as Craig Kimbrel takes the mound, two stolen bases, and overall just inability to throw strikes. I know you guys are complaining about the umps. Yeah, I, I complain about that too, but it, like I always say, it shouldn't get to that point. And I'm going to use the exact same thing I talked about with the Braves because I don't make excuses. It's it's the whole team as a whole got to do better. It shouldn't even get to the point where we're relying on Craig and we're relying on, you know, hoping we're going to go into extra innings because bats were struggling, and it was just a very flat game, to be honest. Very flat. Uh, and I know I'm not going to blame the umpire uh, because yeah. he didn't have anything to do with their inability to hit the baseball tonight. But Dan Lozonia sucked tonight. <laughs> uh, let's just get that out in the open. It's not a reason they lost. Disclaimer. So you can't say I'm blaming the umpire that they lost the game. But my thing with umpires, and I think everybody's thing with umpires, is consistency. And if you're going to call a ball low and inside – a strike on one guy and a ball on another, you're affecting the game in a, in a major, majorly negative way. Uh, and Alec Bohm, the reason I kind of look at Dan Lazonia there, Alec Bohm, inexcusable in the ninth oh. inning. 
when you get a freebie, because that was a strike that Seawald threw uh, in, in the upper left or upper right, uh, excuse me, upper left as you're viewing it, but Bohm's upper right, uh, that was a strike. And you probably in your head, if you're Alec Bohm, knew that was a strike to not get the bat off your shoulder the next pitch when you knew he was going to have to throw a strike and you knew anything close, the umpire was going to give a makeup call for to not get your bat off your shoulder there in two situations, uh, you know, with a potential winning run on the base is absolutely brutal. So Alec Bohm, Bryson Stott, you know, grounded into a double play. That was kind of a momentum killer earlier. Those two, I know they busted it open a little there. They helped bust it open last game. Uh, but those two at-bats in particular really stood out to me as um, bad. Yeah. I mean, honestly, Alec Bohm also was the one. he. We've seen him make this play over and over again at third base, and the, it flew by him in um, what inning was that? Seventh inning, eighth inning, to lead to the Diamondbacks scoring run. And that's a play that we've seen from Alec Bohm. And it just... To just... Me, in big moments, in big moments, you had again. It was a great play on the Diamondback side. You know, I can't, you can't fault that. But it also, you you have to make those plays. You know, and for Craig and Alec, whether for Alec it was both sides of the ball because it was that fielding play on third base, but then it's also, you know, you've got Bryce Harper on base. You got it. You got to keep the inning alive. And we've talked a lot about the the ability of this team to have guys step up in, in major moments and find a way to help them win. And today was the day that we didn't do that. You didn't see that. You didn't see Craig didn't step up as a closer. Alec didn't step up to even just keep the inning alive. And that's what the Diamondbacks were able to do. The ninth inning, they were able to just keep the inning alive and just keep getting guys on base and keep getting, whether it's a ball or walking guys and, you got to find ways to, to grind out those types of a win. Yeah, welcome in to everybody in the chat. Uh, Jay, you're a Braves fan. Go still get lost. But Joshua, MBDF, <laughs> Dave. Oh, Dave, you get lost. Oh, no, Dave is not. I don't know, Dave. No, I think Dave's Dave a Phillies a, fan. He's cool. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, Scott, everybody, Eugene Krabs, the usual, Mickey Durkin, uh, the usual suspects. Uh, thanks for uh, getting on the psychiatrist's couch with us tonight. Uh, and Put talking your feet this, up. And talking this one out. Uh, there was somebody that just said, uh, is coach, can you scroll up one little bit to the comment I was looking for? I'll tell you where it is. Oh, Peter F. Uh, need a new closer. Yeah. Now, I don't want to say need a new closer, but I am surprised that these playoffs, especially with Rob Thompson's comments, and we'll get to Rob Thompson. I actually thought he was pretty spectacular tonight. Uh, with With his comments before the playoffs, he said he was going to go situationally. He said Craig Kimbrell wasn't penciled into the closer spot. And if you followed Craig Kimbrell in his career, uh, he has a play, playoff heart attack waiting to happen. Unlike Brad Lidge in, in 2008, who was a, also a playoff heart attack, uh, he was able to get out of it every single time, miraculously. Craig Kimbrell, you kind of knew, wasn't going to always be able to get out of it. Uh, and tonight, you know, when you, when you get your leadoff runners on, they get to play at the play to throw out stupid purple hair, Guriel. And you kind of <laughs> thought like, oh man, is the miracle coming? And no, it didn't come. Um, that's what she said. Um, oh no. But Craig Kimbrell, you kind of knew. <laughs> Craig 
coach would chuckle too. <laughs> Tyler doesn't entertain your stuff as much. You and coach together are like, I'm, thank goodness Julia's here. Somebody otherwise, my lord. Uh, but you knew, dude. like, you just kind of knew the Kimbrel burn was coming at some point. Yeah. And yeah. tonight was the night. Um, it sucks because there's nothing you can do about it. But I am shocked that he's gotten pretty much every ninth inning situation here. Um, I guess, you know, uh, just checking my text chains and uh, the chatter amongst friends is some people are questioning bringing in Orion Kirkenreen in the seventh inning there. I personally didn't have a problem with it because it's, I don't want to say it's not a high leverage situation there coming in the seventh uh, with no outs, but if you wanted to save Alvarado for your highest leverage situation, Hoffman had already been used. The kid had been lights out, and I was kind of okay going Kirkering there. Um, I didn't really have a problem with it at all. Some of my friends are saying, you know, how can you go to a kid there? And I was like, well, the kid's been nasty. Yeah. He's pretty much been scoreless since he's come up. So I didn't really have a huge problem with that one. I think that's kind of viewing the situation in hindsight being 2020. Yeah, and you know what? There, there's a couple things there. I think the hardest part is for the Phillies to come off of a historic game. I didn't even realize, but they became the first team to score double-digit runs and shut out their opponent in the playoffs since the Royals in Game 6 of 2014 in the World Series in their performance in Game 2. And then a day to come out and be so flat, it's kind of like, how did we get here? I, A, knew it was going to happen once I saw the Astros and Rangers Game 3. Once I saw the Astros win Game 3, I was like, I feel like the same thing's going to happen with the Phillies Diamondback series. And then to see the fact that as I talked about, they didn't do batting practice for the game. It was like all these things were slowly trickling together. And it was like watching, you know, slowly watching a car accident happening and you can't stop it. Let's talk about but, that because that is weird. So Chase Field, for those that don't know it, there's, there's a roof. Sometimes they have yeah, it open. And that's the other part. But tonight or this afternoon, I should say a two o'clock start out there. You know, you're going to be dealing with shadows, natural light, right. a mix of the roof. I, I think to not have batting practice was a straight-up weirdo decision. Well, here's the other part of this. So you didn't have a game yesterday. Today's game is 5.07 start Eastern time, which yeah, two, is 2.07. 2 oh, no, 307, 3.07, because they're only, they're two, only two, hours two hours behind right yeah, now. Yeah. 3.07, but regardless, that's a very early time. The majority of games right now have been Six o'clock at the earliest. You're also coming off of traveling. Yes, you played Tuesday night. Then you travel and, you you know, you haven't had a day to really fully get into your normal game routine. That's why, in my opinion, it would have made sense to not have batting practice for game four, not game three. It's, yeah, that is kind of strange. Baseball is such a routine sport. And as, as a former athlete myself, it's like you always have the same things you do. Your, your pregame meals, your walkthroughs, like it's always the same stuff. So I don't understand why. I wonder what the why, thinking was. Yeah, I don't understand. And I would love to ask. I don't understand why I'm sure not. I'm sure it'll be it asked in the sense. post game here. Yeah, and if we we'll see it to, on Twitter, we'll share the answer. Definitely. Uh, but it because, also is like you, you come off of a great game. Let's not. I just sometimes feel like as human nature is typically coaches or players, we overthink things. And I don't know if it's coming off of a 10-0 victory and it's kind of like things are great. Let me give you some extra time it to was rest. Probably just but that. you don't need extra time to rest. You need to be locked in and focused on your usual routine. There's no reason to rest or switch things up at this point. And that to me is where things all started wrong. But to your point about Orion, which is actually what I was getting to, I was fine with Orion in that moment because I think – what happens is with the young athletes, it's always, 
Why did you trust the kid in that moment when they make a mistake? But when they do something fantastic, it's like, oh, that kid did something out of this world. It can't be both. If he's able to take the mound like everybody else in the bullpen, his age doesn't matter at this point. He's out there. You're trusting him in big moments. That means it doesn't matter if he's 20 years old or 30 years old or 40 years old. You've got to trust him, and he's got to find a way to make plays. And they give up three hits with all three at-bats. It was the right decision to pull him, but I, I didn't have an issue with putting him out there because also Rob has notoriously been, whether it's strategic matchups for pitching matchups for lefty-righties or just getting guys reps, he has been going quickly with that middle, you know, the relievers from the second to third reliever that he's brought in. Yeah, R.C. Burroughs said, you know, I would have gone Hoffman. Don't forget, Hoffman came in in the yeah, sixth. Yeah, Hoffman, yeah. So exactly. he wasn't available to come in the seventh there. I thought that was a, a decent spot to ease the kid in. Um, but, yeah, just an overall look. It's a different stadium. Uh, I know they've played in it before, but. Uh, you saw it kind of with Rojas there in the center field play. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a play I would think nine out of 10 times he probably makes there. And that had to do with that would have been in the weeds at Citizens Bank Park. So that was another like field adjustment right. kind of play there. And you could see the you sun could, coming through randomly. Yeah, there were shadows out yeah. there. But you saw Rojas on that play, like putting his arm up to brace mm -hmm. for the wall. And he was still like three <laughs> feet away. So um, look, ultimately, I don't think the sky is falling. I think that's a game where the bats didn't come to life. And right. I and I don't expect that to be a thing that happens again. And um, like like somebody said in the chat, uh Martian Lynch, thirteen strikeouts. Thirteen strikeouts and, and Brandon Fott had nine a uh, career high nine right. strikeouts and give up two hits. Was that? I mean it just you, you can't at the end of the day, you cannot win games if you're not scoring and the lone run comes off of a wild pitch, it's not good enough. So yes, you can talk about whether or not to bring Orion in the seventh or Craig being more aware for stolen bases, but you score one run off of a wild pitch with the way that this team has led the postseason with home runs has led all, you know, has been so fantastic coming off of 10 runs to one barely scored run. So it starts there. You have to find a way to, Hit the ball. You've got to get hits. And having three total hits, 13 strikeouts, three total hits is unacceptable. Yeah. Unacceptable. I mean, Fott uh, was in the zone tonight. I mean, I you know, I can't give all that ineptitude just to the Phillies. The kid, the kid had his career game. He and, definitely did. You know, part of it might be the travel, part of it might be the stadium, part of it might not be batting practice, part of it might be your hat, bats have been so hot now for eight games of the playoffs that, you know, the, the nature and the law of balance has said you're going to come back to earth at some point. Um, you know, look, <laughs> the kid was great. I, I don't want to take anything away from him. Uh, you know, he's a kid that, as we talked about earlier today, had only gone into the sixth inning four times the entire season. Uh, he typically was like a four-inning pitcher for them, uh, and he had a ton of strikeouts. He yeah. was buzzing. You know, part of that is Phillies, part of that is him. Uh, but also, the shame of it is that lost in this game was that Ranger Suarez yes. was effing spectacular <laughs> again. Ranger Suarez now. This is a wild stat, courtesy of Paul Casella from MLB. Yes, I saw this. The best ERA in postseason history with a minimum of five starts. Ranger Suarez is first with a 
four ERA. Whew. Second, uh, again, this guy named Sandy Koufax, 0.95. And third, Christy Matheson at 1.06. So Ranger Suarez joins other Phillies this postseason in joining elite company in the history of the game. And it's a shame they weren't able to get the win because prior to this, they were 7-0 and in games he pitched in in the postseason the last two years. He was great. And, you know, that's a silver lining in this is that, again, you have extreme confidence in mm-hmm. Ranger whenever he's required to pitch again. Uh, the guy was great. Yeah. I mean, this is NLDS game two, Zach Wheeler all over again, it feels like, where we were having the same sort of frustration after that game because Zach Wheeler had a historic performance at the mound and the Phillies, of course, lost that one as well with some late mistakes and errors. And Ranger Suarez with seven strikeouts in his innings pitched, no runs, obviously, helped them scoreless. So it it ended up being a pitcher's duel, which we didn't expect at all. not at all. We were not coming into this game predicting it was going to come down to you know, one run being the difference. And Ranger was fantastic today. So you have to tip your hat to the fact that Ranger is still danger. I agree with you, Mickey. Danger Ranger, Eugene Krabs. Like, he's he absolutely was fantastic tonight in holding the Diamondbacks scoreless. And it took, in total, it was, what, 14 innings this this series before the, the Diamondbacks were able to score again. Um, remarkable stat when you think about how well our bullpen, the bullpen's been pitching but now you're having this conversation of should you have gone with Orion? Should you have gone with Craig? 14 innings that the, the Phillies bullpen held the Diamondbacks scoreless is remarkable. Yeah. But it's, it's just a shame that it now all gets overlooked because it's a, it's a game you lose. But at the end of the day, I'm not panicking. I know you're not panicking. A lot of you in the chat aren't panicking because a sweep is really hard to do. At this level, yeah. at this point of the postseason, Ask the Texas Rangers. <laughs> it's really hard to sweep a team in the NLCS, ALCS, because it's just this is it. This is the best of the best, and they're going to squeeze out one victory. I expected it to go five. Uh, Virgin, I was saying six, and I was saying five. A sweep would have been nice because we'd have our Saturdays, guys. But here we are, still a chance, obviously, to to still close this out by Saturday. Yeah, and I saw I see people in the chat talking about uh, you know who's the game four starter. Looks like Christopher Sanchez is going to start tomorrow Finally. night. Finally, uh, so he gets the nod over Taiwan Walker. Uh, now I would imagine that either Michael Lorenzen or Taiwan Walker are kind of tied to him as that middle relief type of guy in case Sanchez struggles. Um, Interesting decision to go with Sanchez. One I agree with. I think Walker was absolute uh, gasoline on a fire the last six <laughs> weeks of the season. Uh, and now he's been off for, what, at least two weeks? Uh, Sanchez has also been off for two weeks. But I have more confidence going with Christopher Sanchez than I do Taiwan Walker right now. Uh, so I think that's the right decision. Uh, you know, We'll see. The Diamondbacks are undecided on who they're going to go with as of right now. If that gets updated during this, I will clearly uh, update you all. But yeah, Christopher Sanchez looks like the guy we turn our hopes and prayers to. I am happy to finally see Christopher Sanchez's name He's in the mix it. because I've been wanting to see Christopher Sanchez pitch. I mean, we haven't had to put him out there to start but it's been since september 30th if i know you guys are wondering we obviously haven't seen him this postseason uh christopher sanchez hasn't gotten the start since september 30th against the mets 
And it's it's overdue. It's time. I think it's a great decision. Well, that one wasn't actually a start. That was a relief appearance. Oh, that is correct. I'm so sorry. he only came in for one inning yes. there. But uh, he but did prior start to the that, 24. The first start was September 24th. Yes. So even further back. And yeah. he did pitch seven innings on the 24th. But yeah, it's been since September 24th. And if you notice on your calendar, it is already October 19th. So nearly a month since Sanchez actually started. But he did come in for an inning against the Mets on the 30th. But it's, it's you know, Sanchez, I know MBDVDBF is saying you like you do that really well. I know. <laughs> I honestly enjoy saying it now. It's really weird. Um, but MBDBDBF is saying you like his peripheral stats. I think Sanchez is a solid pitcher. And I I love the fact that we can sit here in the postseason game and say who's going to be pitching next for the Phillies. Whereas with the Diamondbacks, it's a lot of question marks because the depth of this bullpen is Ranger had a great start today. Okay, some hiccups with Orion and Craig, but we know who's next. We know who's got up next to start things off. Game four, it's Christopher Sanchez should be the one to get the call without a doubt. And it's a it's a great next pitcher to help uh, get a victory and get one step closer to winning this series. Close this thing out. Yeah, no, I feel really good about Ranger, or not Ranger, excuse me, uh, Christopher Sanchez. I feel good Sanchez. about Ranger too, though. I, I, yeah, I don't want to forget about Ranger, but I feel great <laughs> about Christopher Sanchez starting tomorrow night. Uh, but Ranger was uh, spectacular. Uh, this not, season, not on Tine, Martian. I love that. <laughs> so if you if you go Toys. by the Diamondbacks' normal rotation of this seri- of the season, it's going to be Ryan Nelson. Um, I don't know if they have they have another guy in the bullpen that they use in the middle relief spot that I think is under consideration. Uh, his name is escaping me right now. There's a lot of nerds in the chat uh, supporting other teams. Is that a Diamondbacks fan, Jay? Like, go join the PHNX is doing a show. You can go hop in with Sexy Voice Guy, our buddy Derek. Wait. Uh, and go go just, enjoy your win. Why are you in a losing team? Y'all spend all your money to keep us out of our stadium. If the tickets were available to purchase for the Phillies fans, is it our fault or yours? <laughs> yeah, or, I don't I know, understand I whose fault it is. If if you try to go to a Citizens Bank Park game at any time and you try to buy tickets, and actually we can speak from experience. I know a buddy of ours that's in the chat, Mickey Durkin, was saying as – of Tuesday couldn't even get into the game Tuesday because there were no tickets available. You know, you rarely will be able to come into Philly, fly in and buy a ticket or even buy tickets a couple days in advance because there are not tickets typically available. So I don't know if it says a lot about us as Philly fans or if it says a lot about you as Diamondback fans. Yeah, it's like that. So many Phillies were there that it looked like still a home game. It's like that DJ Khaled meme. Congratulations. You played yourself. And and that's what Diamondbacks fans are doing. You played yourself. Like, if you're going to complain about that, then don't make tickets available for $9 a ticket. Pretty simple. Like, you caused that situation. How much did you pay for your ticket, buddy? I'm curious. Let us know in the chat. Start planning your (laughs) vacation. There is an Arizona live stream, by the way. Our our family at PHNX Diamondbacks has their own stream for all of you Diamondbacks fans. But we enjoy having you here, too, to talk junk because we like trash talking, too. But it is interesting that... um, Typical fans, you get one measly win, one measly win, you squeeze out, and all of a sudden, here's the Diamondbacks. We thought we cut you off at the head. Here you are coming back, and now all of a sudden, the Diamondbacks fans have slithered their way into our chat and talking junk because you feel like you have a reason to send us out of the ballpark. I mean, yeah, I, I can't imagine not uh, enjoying my team's victory with fellow fans and going into the opposition. Like when we. When when we get excited after game one, game two, 
we're we're all talking as as Phillies about the game. We're not jumping into anything with yeah, the Diamondbacks that's, and that's, like that's straight weirdo behavior. And if you guys want to be in here, at least do us that favor and hit us hit that like button a little bit for, Click for that me, button. would you? Um, but yes, it looks like I would assume Ryan Nelson uh, is going to get the start for the Diamondbacks tomorrow versus Sanchez. He'll be handcuffed to somebody. Um, it should be advantage Phillies. I mean, Ryan Nelson's a guy that has a 5-3 ERA and a 1-4-2 whip, uh, which is very similar numbers to, to fought tonight. Uh, so if you were to ask me, are two guys with a north of 5 ERA and a 1-4 whip going to get this Phillies team twice in a row? I would say absolutely fucking not. <laughs> uh, so I'm not worried about the Phillies bats tomorrow night. Uh, you know, back to the eight o'clock start tomorrow. The bats will get off the shoulder. They'll produce some hits. Uh, they're not going to get struck out, you know, eight or nine times by a starting pitcher with those numbers again. I, I just, I just know that. Um, yeah. I, I can't prove that honestly. And if they yeah. go out there and get shut out again, then you just go, well, baseball's weird and uh, <laughs> there's not much we can do about it. Without a doubt, I just think that you sometimes need these moments as athletes and this, even as a team as a whole to reset. It was game two against the Braves. For all of you Braves fans that are in the chat, I'm sure you vividly remember game two, your lone victory of that series where you felt like you won the World Series with that one. Um, because I agree with you, Brandon B., the Braves fans are still hurting still hurting a little bit in the chat. But Larry you know, Jones, that's a lie. Philly fans <laughs> did not flood any Braves stream. You guys probably don't even what have Braves a Braves stream down there. It's probably a Georgia Bulldogs uh, chat room. And Which is actually the Georgia Bulldogs Eagles. Yeah, it's and like nobody Philly from anyways. Philly joined that chat room. We're no, actual that's definitely Cap, Brandon. I agree. That's Cap, Larry. You're capping over here. Yeah. But it's, it is every once in a while okay to have those moments because it's such a long postseason. The goals are not just to beat the, the Marlins, the Braves, the Diamondbacks. It's to win it all. It's to beat everybody that, that the Phillies face. So to have these a game like today where you're just flat, it's quite it's, – and it's similar to what I talked about, the two innings that we saw against the Braves that led to them winning that game too. And I keep comparing them because they, to me they're very similar types of games. It never felt like – the Diamondbacks are outplaying the Phillies. Yes, we can say Fault had a tremendous game, a career game, a game that he honestly, did. It, was a, it was his career off, game. It was his game. This was, yeah, this was the night that if you're, if you're Brandon Fault, you're kind of telling your kids and your grandkids about this for many years to come. Oh, but yeah, overall, he, he requested the DVD after yeah. the game from the staff. <laughs> but overall, this is not a game that's a situation where the Phillies were just outplayed, outmatched, and did bad, uh, bad in that sense. It was the Phillies just flat, couldn't hit. I mean, again, three hits all game is when does that happen? And or the fact that you have so many strikeouts. So it's not something that you're hitting the panic button on. But it is interesting to see how the other side, the other fan bases automatically look at a game like this and are like, it's over. Yeah, the Diamondbacks are back. They've got their swagger back. I'm looking at like Twitter answer backs as they're calling them like what? Because you won one game in a series, like yeah. let's see if let's see you try to win two, three, four games, and then we can have an answer backs conversation. But one game's not enough to go sail off to the moon with. Yeah, the uh, Texas Rangers were playing pretty well, and and the Houston Astros are already up three nothing tonight. Um, you know, so it, it, it you know it's the it's baseball playoffs. Nothing's ever going to be easy. Uh, I still feel great about the Phillies, and we'll check the series odds on DraftKings in a little bit. 
uh, and see where that's at. Uh, but things are heating up in the ballpark, and every team is playing to finish the year and make it into the playoffs. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you won't miss a moment of the baseball action. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets by betting just $5 on baseball. Plus, all customers, use that code down the bottom, P-H-L-Y, uh, can take a crack at a sweet payday with DraftKings Same Game Parlays. Just string together multiple bets like Brandon fought and eight-plus strikeouts. You probably would have gotten great odds on that tonight. Uh, put it together in a single game for your shot at a major payout. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code PHLY. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets by betting just $5 on baseball. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code PHLY. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, as everyone knows. See dkng.org. Uh, dot com slash baseball for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Uh, you want to walk through my game notes and just kind of relive this and talk I'm it out? I'm bummed that you didn't let me time you, actually. Uh, I'm not in a winning it's, mood. Yeah, but it's it's still the playoffs. We still have to do I our know, part. Somebody also said I'm not in a batting practice mood and look how that played out. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I hope somebody asked him about that. I, I need to know. I need answers. I, if somebody knows Other than the trying. And, and by the way, Phoenix is three hours. I was thinking it was two Well, years. it doesn't change time zones. Do you know yeah, that? Yeah, they don't recognize uh, daylight yeah, savings. Yeah, so I, I think right now, It's three right now. I Googled it. Okay. It but either way. It, it's early. It's not the only The only reasoning I can kind of muster up here is that Rob Thompson just gave them time to kind of relax and get their body, maybe sleep in a little bit longer. You had off yesterday. What do you need to relax more for? You had I think a they just left off. yesterday, so maybe he let them sleep in or take a nap. Sleep when you win the World Series. Try again. That's, I, next, yeah, I know, next that's all I got, though. Uh, other than <laughs> what that, you like, got, What you got next? I, other than I got that, an answer. I, got, I got nothing. I, I mean, I've just been on that side as an athlete. You do not stray from what your normal routine is. Whatever your routine is, you, you stick by it, especially in the playoffs. We're not talking about playoffs. the regular season. We're talking playoffs, not regular season. You don't go changing up. Who ha who doesn't have batting practice? It's your first game in this ballpark. We're not at Citizens Bank Park anymore. You're now at Chase Field. It's the first game of this series at this field. You have guys like Johan Rojas who have never played at Chase Field. You're you just if you traveled yesterday because I'm assuming with a late game Tuesday night the Phillies traveled yesterday. So now if I'm Rob, if anything you need to have batting practice. Get your get your arms going because it looked like they were still asleep throughout the entire game get your arms going get your legs moving get you know get a nice your your heart rate heart rate racing and you get going but if anything that's more reason to have batting practice that's more reason to do your usual pre-game routine and warm-up because you traveled yesterday it's a three-hour time difference it's a different weird wonky field with all types of odd sunlight coming in because yeah. it's also daytime and not nighttime so do the little things, control the controllables, have batting practice. The bats were non-existent today. And the crazy thing is that's, we talked about hot bats, 10 runs, could, you know, couldn't miss, hitting the first pitch, out of the ballpark. And then today couldn't hit anything. 
Yeah, Chris Milano says get Boehm out of the four hole. That's I, uh, another, I do have that written down also. I tend to agree. I would move JT up personally, and I would probably put Castellanos. I know he didn't look great tonight, but he's had a historic playoffs. I'd probably move him up to the five and put Boehm at the six and maybe Stott at the seven or whatever. I'm shooting from the hip here. Something of that variety. If you want to stagger Stott because of the lefty somewhere in between. I agree. Bohm is just not a four-hole hitter right now. He's come up in too many big spots uh, these playoffs. And I knew he got a, in the game previous. He got the hit late, which, you know, was a big double for him and all that. Yeah. But um, he's killing you. And that at-bat tonight sucked. Yeah. I don't want to crucify the dude. No, because, it sucked. <laughs> uh, you know, he was your best hitter with runners in scoring position throughout the year. He had a great year, you know, 100-plus RBIs, all that. But you can't. You can't strike out there with the yeah. Right? You can strike out there. Just don't do it with the bat on your shoulder at two strike threes. Yeah. One you got lucky with the, the second. Just uh, you can't let that happen. You got to you got to go down swinging. Well, I before I jump in on boom, I know Larry, our Braves fan, one of the handful of Braves fans. That I can't are in the get chat inside today. there. <laughs> what the hell's? What? Apparently, like, we attract Braves fans here. If JD. we lost to the Braves, I cannot imagine so, a week later going into a Braves chat and being well, like, "Well, they're all actively rooting against the Phillies now." Well, yeah, but they so, still lost. But I still don't understand like, why they're, they're, they're done. They're not playing yeah, baseball. I don't either. So the thing that Larry was saying was but hit that like button first. Yeah, hit the like button on your way out the door. I'm um, just kidding, but not kidding. Larry was saying we can make the excuse about not having batting practice, but they can't make the excuse about being 10 days off. And I think one I don't think major, it's an excuse. I just think one it's major weird. difference is the team chose to do that. Like yeah. you can't make the excuse of 10 days off because when the season started, you everybody knew whoever gets to the playoffs and is the top seed is going to have a bye in the first round and would have a break. That's the league making that rule. But to have an internal decision, I don't think the league had the rule of no batting practice. I could no. be wrong, but no. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it was the Phillies' decision. It's the Phillies deciding not to do what they need to do. And so that's my issue with it. I'm not, And I'm not even saying it's just the batting practice because at the end of the day, at some point, you got to get it going. Like, you have to figure it out. So, yes, it's one of the few things that are just odd to me. It doesn't really make sense but it's definitely something in my, it's a controllable having 10 days off not a controllable yeah having deciding not to do bat, batting practice a controllable so, so you've got to control the controllables yeah. when you get into scenarios especially like this. in other words what she's saying jay flow in the chat is shut the hell up <laughs> uh i saw some of the chat talking about this bet tonight and i do just want to share it because it's absolutely insane i don't know if you caught this or not i missed it uh, but a guy laid a bet he laid $140 and got plus 73,562 odds. He bet Brandon fought eight plus strikeouts. I did see that. Which is bet. bonkers to lay $140 on that. Plus Ranger Suarez, seven plus strikeouts. $140 paid out $103,127.21. So this guy's obviously a sicko. Uh, he probably makes, you know, large sum bets. You know, wow. just to me, $140 is like, that's, that's this, a risky bet. This is like kind of a throwaway bet. Brandon Fought had never like really gotten into the sixth inning much this year, let alone struck out a lot of people. So yeah. this guy took a wild swing tonight. 
uh, and got $103,000 on a $140 bet because of just strikeouts. Wow. That is bonkers. Congrats to you, sir. And um, I remember pregame when I was looking at DraftKings and I saw the money lines and I saw everything. And I remember seeing that one thing and like, wow, that's a really high number. And it's eight and a half is is rare because he's never done and he it got nine and he's never done that that's a career high and you can actually look across major league baseball postseason history of how many pitchers have had more than nine strikeouts um in was it, a what game is he, zach wheeler all of a sudden yeah he just became zach wheeler tonight when you place that bet meanwhile if one of us placed that but he'd have an all like whatever we bet would be the complete opposite so it is insane that you uh first of all as you mentioned 140 dollars. i always believe you're supposed to bet something you're Comfortable losing. Comfortable, so maybe that maybe, person's You know what? To be honest, yeah. Maybe he's comfortable losing $140, but it worked out in a big way. So I'm just wow. looking at his game log for Rochelle this said, year. said, imagine all the overalls he can buy now. So this year, <laughs> he got to eight strikeouts three times. Um, so it's not that he's incapable of it, but it is. Wow. In 96 innings pitched this year, he got to eight strikeouts wow. three times. Uh, so kudos to that guy. Putting what him on the line. Why did you decide to do that? That's, yeah, especially I, coming off of the fact that the yeah, Phillies, the Phillies just were mashing. One ten zero, and you're gonna put a bet like that. <laughs> that is. John yeah. John Hayer says that dude needs a wheelbarrow for his balls. Yeah, John. Yeah, that's, he's, he's Randy Marsh. He needs a, a big old wheelbarrow <laughs> to carry those things around town. That's some cojones for sure, because you are now you're you're betting against the Phillies, who had just put up ten in the previous game, expecting to get over eight and a half. And it pays off. Shout out to that guy. Shout out to that guy. So what are you paying in taxes right off the top there? Probably roughly. I don't know how that works. Close to 40,000. So you're probably walking away with like 60 to 65 in straight profit from a $140 bet. Well, if you were to win a bet like that and walk away with all that money and you wanted to buy some merchandise, you can head on over to FOCO because that is a place you can spend all the money that you win on the bets that you land. And FOCO has the overalls, the bobbleheads, collectibles, banners, you name it. You can uh, support and rep your favorite teams at FOCO and you can use that code PHOY for 10% off. Even if you're not a Philly sports fan, you could technically still use that code to get 10% off. But either way, go ahead over, support your favorite teams, get a nice discount, and use that code PHLY at FOCO. Well, you guys in the chat are all over the place today. Oh, Mickey, um, Mickey our financial guy, said 23K. <laughs> so he's walking away with 80,000. 80, After spending 140, I'll take that any day, every day. That's a nice, easy money. Um, wow. There's definitely some some serious trash talking going on in the chat. I like trash wow, talking. Keep it going. Energy. I'm enjoying watching this trash talk. And you guys just keep going back and forth about the Phillies are scared of the Astros and the Braves are own the Astros and the Phillies are scared of the Braves. I don't even know anymore. I Nobody's scared up. of anybody. They're professional baseball players. <laughs> Nobody's scared. All right. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. It's you know what? It's nobody's it's, shaking in their boots. Nobody's <laughs> peeing their pants. Nobody's scared. They're going to go out tomorrow and they're going to mash baseballs like this slutty himbo team that they are. All right. <laughs> Nobody's scared. Slutty himbo. Oh, Lord. Yeah. It's you know what? It's it's not a definitely not a fear thing. And it's also I think the difference is like coming for us into this show today. 
we're we're just explaining the things that we feel like the Phillies did wrong. There's also the difference between like excuses and whining versus yeah. like being realistic. And the Phillies played like crap today, and the Phillies didn't deserve to win. But no. also, you could argue the same thing about the Diamondbacks because they didn't play as great either. It's just it was like a matter of who could squeeze out a, a run last and it was the diamondbacks today it was definitely uh coaches coming for you larry with the comments it was definitely a very odd game coming off of a 10-0 victory tuesday night so i think that was just the biggest thing that like all of this was unexpected but i also did see a stat that was put out and todd zalecki tweeted this out after bryce harper's first eight pitches at bat he's the tweet said that Bryce had seen eight pitches at bat. Not a single one was in the zone. He's seen only one pitch in the zone out of 13 total in three at bats. I'm so sorry, eight pitches and three at bats. I was Matt. actually having this conversation earlier with the buddy. Not that they were ever going to put him on base intentionally. Yeah. But I'm surprised it took teams this long. This long. To stop throwing them like hittable strikes. Uh, you know, you don't want to obviously concede a free base runner in the playoffs. But I am surprised it took this long for a team to stop giving them something to, to mash. Right. Um, so that makes sense tonight. Um, you know, kudos to the Diamondbacks pitching coach for uh, coming up with that game plan with Brandon Thought. Um, <laughs> so, you know, sometimes you got to tip your hat to the other team, and uh, that's a good job by them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because Bryce I mean, Harper's in the zone. Why would you give him anything to hit? Right, right. I mean, yeah, it's it's smart. It's tactics. And when you see Bryce Harper continuing to hit homers, and this team as a whole, 19 home runs, I believe, was the last number I saw in the in the first eight games. You can't just continue. You gotta you gotta change something up. It's it's insanity to continue to do the same thing over and over again and it have bad results and you not make a change. And if you're the Diamondbacks and you've been watching the last two series. For the Phillies, you're going to come into this series and make an adjustment. That's what you're expected to do. And they've been great on first pitches. They've been great on home runs. And the Diamondbacks today behind Mr. Fault made a change, and it paid off for them. But I don't expect it to be something where it's going to continue because with the Phillies losing, it now means Rob Thompson and the Phillies also go back to the drawing board. So the Diamondbacks aren't the only ones making adjustments, guys. Newsflash. It's also the Phillies going to make some adjustments. And I would – Definitely not expect the same type of performance in game four that we saw from the Phillies in game three. There's no way you're going to have the same lack of hitting the same pitching blunders um, down the stretch. It's it's going to be, it's going to be tweaked, but it's, you know, kudos to the Diamondbacks for making an adjustment, watching film, paying attention and implementing changes that actually paid off. Yeah. Diamondbacks <laughs> fans getting real chesty in the chat room. Uh, no way this backfires on you guys. It's, it's just one game. Wow. Yeah. Holy moly, I just see the floods. Yeah, they've they've flooded in here. I don't know if uh our sister station PHNX told people to come this way or what, <laughs> but uh thanks for coming in here. Uh Sean, if you could just hit that like button while you're in here, that's fine. Peacock around all you want. Uh I don't think any Philly uh no. player is too worried about what no, no. transpired tonight. We also expected at some point when you score 46 runs in the first 8 games and you've already outscored the Diamondbacks 15 to 3 in the first 2 games. Uh, that the onslaught at some point was going to slow down because maybe their arms are just tired. You know, maybe for Bryce and Bryson and Trey, their arms just got a little tired from hitting so many home runs and they needed a day to just 
kind of regroup and then tomorrow we'll be back to uh hit some more homers against you guys so yeah enjoy this moment because it won't last long i don't anticipate no um <laughs> so i do want to go through like kind of my game notes because oh, i do yes, think there was ahead. a lot of things like worth noting but you just brought up bryce harper uh he's in my notes here and i think i have he is the most beautifully chaotic base runner <laughs> i've ever seen in my life and the only reason they got one run tonight was because bryce harper Blew through a JT Romuto stop sign on a pass ball <laughs> and just said, F it, I'm scoring this run. Um, I know it occasionally bites you in the ass, but his chaotic aggressiveness on the base pass, I absolutely love. That dude wants to win so bad. He will do, and sometimes he's wrong, he will do whatever the hell is it within his capability to make a play and I love him for it. That play tonight I thought was spectacular. Those are the types of plays that make Bryce Harper so great because he's willing to take risks that other people aren't, and he plays aggressive and confident, and that mentality that Bryce Harper has it really separates you from a lot of other players because not everybody has the, the confidence to say, I'm going to go, when even if Dusty or JT is waving me off. I'm going to go. It doesn't matter. I'm going to trust myself and I'm going to get there and I'm going to make a big play. And as you mentioned, sometimes it doesn't play, play out right. Game two of the NLDS. But most of the time for Bryce, when he's when he takes those risks on swinging at a pitch or running through, stealing base, whatever it is, it does play off. And it's also contagious. The rest of the team yeah, feeds off absolutely. of that. And that same aggression he brings, you see Trey Turner and stealing bases. You see... You know, other guys feed off of that. So, yeah, that's a, it's a great point of, like, chaotic <laughs> – the chaotic running of Bryce Harper is like, you know he's going to do something. I love it. Uh, I know, you know, when he makes a mistake, God forbid, uh, everybody gets up in arms and, oh, he can't do this. Or, he's got to keep his second base in front of him. Yeah, well, uh, other times he gets you game-winning runs. Yeah. And you just kind of have to take the minimal bad with the overall good. Um, and that was not your traditional play tonight. And by the way, Sean, who we thought was a Diamondbacks fan in the chat, is actually a Red Sox fan. What is happening today? So you Sean, guys are all over the place. Sean, let me just say this. Your, your organization <laughs> is in such a uh, disarray that Sam Fold, our general manager here in Philadelphia, said, nah, I'm good on that job. I'll just stay here in Philadelphia. So that should tell you oh uh, a career opportunity for somebody. And they said, Nah, we good. Red Sox are a dumpster fire. Uh, so, you know. Yeah, Folds Papers, which is a very, I like the name. Uh, Folds Papers saying, what kind of life must you have to be a Red Sox fan and trying to find Philly sports talk? <laughs> Apparently today we have invited everybody and this has become like <laughs> a place of all, oh no, which which comment? Damon. Now he's he's now twice another <laughs> Diamondbacks fan. Apparently all three Diamondbacks fans oh have gosh. found their way in the uh, the chat. He said, I was told Philly fans were loud. Um, the, the game was in Arizona, Damon. It wasn't in Philly. The fact that there was <laughs> probably 25% Phillies fans should tell you all you need to know. Like, you're aware of the area code the well, game was played in, right? On the flip side, I definitely remember, and I'm sure you guys have seen by now, the viral yeah. video that went out that a reporter was trying to find a, I believe it was an Arizona reporter it was. that was trying to find a Diamondbacks fan to interview at Citizens Bank Park and chirp chirp <laughs> like you're saying Damon crickets the game was in Arizona the dude. game in Philly there were no Diamondback fans in attendance and Jamie and I were there at the ballpark and I agree I don't remember seeing anybody for no from there, the Diamondbacks at all it was Mexico for the Mexico Germany game and it was all Phillies fans for the Phillies game there were no Diamondbacks 
at all. So it is interesting perspective. Like all of a sudden when the narrative, you know, fits you, yeah. now it's like, oh, I thought you guys Ooh. were loud at an away game. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, and Jay Flo says, you know, Stubbs's comments about jumping in the hot tub are going to backfire. Uh, Jay, that's still very much alive. There's all they have to do is win Friday and Saturday. More. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Full disclosure, nobody's listening here in the trust tree. I wish the backup catcher didn't say that. <laughs> I, like, I love Garrett Stubbs, and he's the vibes officer of the team and all that. <laughs> Not but the like, to the bike. <laughs> maybe, maybe. You know, let's let's sit the, uh, the this round of media out, Garrett, yeah. unless you're contributing. Well, yeah. Also, don't join into what the other yeah. tomfoolery is that's being yeah. said, because how many times have we talked about the chalkboard material that Merrill Kelly and Orlando Arcia and different guys have given the Phillies? Don't go doing on that, Garrett. You're, you're, the, you're the DJ. <laughs> you're the hype man. Yeah. Like, Let's, you know what I would love is if you wait until after the Phillies close out and then go pee in the hot tub and then go pee in the hot tub. And then you could admit I was excited and looking forward to jumping into the the baby pools and hot tubs. Yeah. And then you can tell the press that you peed in there. It's my hot tub now. I own it because I peed in it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I also, I I just think it's so interesting to watch baseball or any game sitting in the pool. I just, I don't love that. It's weird. I've done it in Mexico before and it's strange. Yeah. yeah, and I'm a big pool person, but it's just like a weird thing. Yeah. What do you, I don't know. I don't get it. Whole other rat story for another day. I mean, there's a ton of Diamondbacks fans in here. All four of you, maybe you can let us know um, what that's like. I don't I don't get it. But yeah, it's um, a lot of trash talk and a lot of teams. Oh, man. Uh, what was it now? Red Sox, Braves, Diamondbacks? Yeah, Jay Flo saying at least our owner made the game reasonable, unlike your greedy owner. Uh, one, your greedy owner probably donated too much money to QAnon to, uh, you know, oh. All right, I'm going to leave that one alone, but that's true. You can look it up. Uh, and two, the, it's a demand of how many people want to attend the games, Jay. The owner doesn't really set the if you prices. Would, oh, my gosh. Can you imagine if Citizens Bank ch- charged $20 to get into the game? No. Like, I think the place would explode. You'd have six million ticket requests. Yeah, and people would be driving yeah. from out of town and flying. And in. it still, it would still go up because people would buy the tickets and possibly sell them anyways to yeah. get more money yeah. because you know the value of it. But it's it's supply and demand, and when you have tickets are selling out like hotcakes, you cannot charge twenty bucks because that's not a great business model. I mean, I don't know about you, I don't know any business that's going to sell things for cheap if they've got them flying off the rack. So for well, I know one, Shady Rays. Ah! And right now, I got to tell you about them because I can't wait for my pair to come in. I got a you pair. You ordered them? Yeah, you didn't? No. We're getting a pair. Oh. You got to get in slack, girl. Oh, no. Oh, oh my yeah. Gosh. Shady Rays is hooking us up. And they're hooking you up right now. Two pairs plus. And use that code PHLY, and you will get 50% off. Now, my cousin has had Shady Rays forever. And not only do they look awesome, but he's been telling me, like, dude, if you lose these or break them or they scratch or whatever, they replace them, no questions asked. And for its price point, it's the best deal in sunglasses, hands down. I've had some expensive sunglasses in the past. I've lost two of them to the Mighty Atlantic over the past couple of years <laughs> uh, playing with the kids. And I just said, I'm done with it. I'm looking for a more affordable sunglass pair that if I lose, I'm not going to lose sleepover. If I scratch them or break them or whatever, uh, you can get a free pair back. That's how good Shady Rays is. And not only do they have you covered with awesome polarized and non-polarized sunglasses, uh, but they also have you for the ski season. They make awesome 
durable frames and world-class optics for all outdoor activities. And if you're into those winter sports, I don't know if you're a skier, Renee. I'm trying to get the girls into it at a young age. I used to be, haven't done it as much. Uh, But if you're into skiing and snowboarding and all that stuff, they make a quick swap snow lenses, which you can switch easily from sun to low light. Don't let changing light conditions slow you down on the slopes. All you need is Shady Ray's snow goggles. And that's not all. I told you the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of glasses is backed by lost or broken replacements. So it's a minimal you know, market retail price that you get backed by them for, uh, for, for you know, at any time you could lose them. They don't even question you. They just hook you up. You need to get in and get yourself a pair of Shady Rays, Renee, uh, because they're hooking us up here at PHLY. Shady Rays is committed to making a difference in communities across the U.S. through their impact program, teaming up with nonprofits to help people live healthy, courageous lives through some of their most challenging times. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back with personal and fast support. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out an amazing deal for the season. And don't forget, Christmas, the holidays, a ton of holidays coming up. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHLY for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try yourself the shades that are rated five stars by over 250,000 people. That's a lot of people. It would take Chase Bank in Arizona like four full seasons of baseball to get to that many people. <laughs> Boom. Roasted. Roasted. <laughs> I'm just laughing also at the chat because it's perfect that you're roasting uh, Chase Field when they're continuing to try to roast Philly. I don't understand. This it's is such real a weird though, behavior it's by a non weird, non-real it's fan such base. Weird. Yeah, but yeah, I, I'm very like, strange. I'm like this day. This game was already so weird. Like I was. We were all watching the game. We had ordered our food, and it was like it's already the sixth inning. It was, now it's a already fast the seventh game. inning. Like that game flew by because it was just such a dry, slow, no run scoring game. Um, you know, it just it's it's bizarre. But so let's pick up there because my notes actually say first time this postseason yes. that a game had been scoreless through five innings. That's insane. Uh, never th- would have thought Ranger Suarez versus Brandon Fott was the first scoreless game pitchers duel. Uh, but that was a weird start to the game. The Phillies were swinging and missing all over the place. Um, you know, saying I was, I mean, like who would have predicted that it'd be a historic, <laughs> apparently game? one guy and he bet it yeah. and it made a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> one person, one person did predict it correctly and walked away with thousands of dollars, but it is insane that it's taken this long like the way the postseason has been so far, a lot of games have been lopsided. We've seen a lot of like a lot of home runs, specifically from the Phillies, and definitely would not have expected that it was going to be the a scoreless game through the first six innings. Yeah, Insane. yeah, that was a weird one. Uh, next note was the ball simply not carrying at Chase Field. Yeah, there was a couple I saw off the bat, and part of that is Chase Field is big. Um, but part of that is, you know, I saw Mickey in the chat earlier call it a humidor meant to keep baseballs down. The <laughs> ball was just kind of like dying out there deep. There was a couple plays by Rojas, even Castellanos. I forget who hit one on the Phillies. Maybe it was Schwarber, but they just seemed to all be like warning track power shots. So yeah. it did seem to like just kind of not be a hitter's park tonight. And that's where it also felt like 
there was just uh, uh, this flat play from the Phillies. You know, it was like everything was like almost there. Yeah. Almost it was like Raul Banya's like, <laughs> one bloody no game all like, over again. You got it. You got it. Ah. Oh. It just over and over again. It was it was just a weird off day. I mean, we talked about on the other side, like the play that Rojas had that definitely stands out where he's like, ah, and it just drops right past him. And Alec Bohm had the one he dives that we've seen him make that catch a lot of times and dives to his right and the ball just squeaks right under. It was just one of those almost types of games that you do not expect to happen the way that it did. But again, it's fine. What's yeah, next so on here? Yeah, so that Rojas play you just mentioned, here's a couple advanced analytics on it. Uh-huh. Uh, courtesy of our man, Shil Kapadia uh, at the ringer. He said Moreno's double would have been a home run in 26 of 30 MLB stadiums. Wow. So, you know, you got lucky that that one was in, you know, you couldn't keep him from scoring. But regardless, uh, also the play before that, Rojas chased down a Corbin Carroll liner. That had an expecting batting average of 620. Uh, somehow, Alvarado got out of the eighth inning unscathed. The double didn't kill him. Uh, but 26 of 30 ballparks, mm. that's a home run. And the play before it has a 620 expecting batting average. Uh, so credit to Rojas for making that one easy. Uh, that was a deep, you know, right center field warning track one. He tracked down with ease. I think you even said it at the time. You were like, oh he made gosh. that look easy. It was like jogging. And then the next <laughs> play, unfortunately, he couldn't track down. But I think that was just the depth perception gauging the wall. That's probably a play he makes uh, nine out of ten times. Uh, so pretty wild stats on that one. Uh, yeah. The next note I have is Jeff Hoffman. He came in yeah. in a high leverage spot. Bailing out Ranger, who was spectacular, and Hoffman was awesome again tonight. Last time we saw him, he kind of uh, allowed a couple runs. Uh, didn't look like his normal self. He was, boom, forgot all about it. Back to normal Hoffman the night. Uh, and that was a really good thing to see. Definitely. And, I mean, I, I love Jeff Hoffman's story um, and the fact that he's with the Phillies. You know, you look at how he got here and having a minor league contract and deciding to play here instead of going to Japan. I know we were talking about it before the game, uh, before the show, excuse me. You know, you love those moments that you take a risk and it, it pays off. And he's really stepped up and been one of the more consistent pitchers for the Phillies uh, that you can count on to, to step in in key moments. And, uh, you know, it, it's a shame he got yanked pretty early. I kind of felt like, I would have liked to see him a little bit longer, but I know Rob has his matchups and strategic reasoning for lefty righty and everything else like that. And yeah. decided to go Ryan instead, but you know, that's probably something in that moment that I know people we were talking about earlier, obviously, and people were commenting on not going to Ryan the seventh, you know, I don't, I wouldn't mind keeping Hoffman out there longer. Yeah. Rob's <laughs> been going with this kind of, you know, one inning yeah. and not really working too much, too many guys too hard. Alvarado is an interesting one to keep an eye on tomorrow. I would assume he's at least available for an inning, but he did go uh, an inning plus tonight, which was kind of, you know, uh, rare for him. But I thought Rob Thompson was spectacular. He's actually next up on my my chronological game notes yeah, so here. Add a pocket in the chat, by the way, just to jump in. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, and I saw There's somebody super boost a chat comment earlier. I meant to get to you and I forgot, and I hate myself for it. I think so. I did see that too. Also, yeah, I, I wrote. I didn't it know down you could and, do that. Actually, yeah, you can you can pay money in the chat if you want to get something right to the front of the line, and uh, we'll definitely highlight them. 
going forward. I missed that one, and I apologize. I'll make it up to you. It was one you. of our usual suspects, too. Yeah, actually. it was. Uh, so apologies there. Uh, <laughs> but Rob Thompson, I have as my next note, great decision to bunt with Boehm. Uh, you know, the, the, the announcers talked about it. The Diamondbacks didn't expect it. And mm-hmm. great time to pull out a bunt. Apparently, bunting is a lost art in Major League Baseball. And uh, I thought that was a beautiful, unexpected time to bunt and move a runner ahead. And uh, I thought that was one of the, you know, many minor imprints Rob had on the game tonight that worked out really well. Especially since we on this show have talked about the decision not to bunt in in some moments. And so, yeah, I mean, there's small victories that we could take from a day like today. There's definitely some that you wish you could have back. Um, But overall, there were some decisions. And I know somebody said earlier it was just, it came down to the hitting. Like there was, when you really look at the game closely from Rangers, how he pitched to bunting, like there were some small moments that mm-hmm. he should have won the game with that type of a decision or play, but it was, you know, can't score runs and then, then Craig Bats and were silent. You're not going to win many games when you score one run and You're it comes on a pass ball. No. Um, they were kind of lucky. If it wasn't for Ranger Suarez and Hoffman and Alvarado, you're not even in the game. So, right. uh, you know, you needed a lot to go right to even be in well, it. These are also the two highest scoring teams in the postseason in terms of home runs. Um, they've both been scoring coming into this series way, way more than, than anybody else that was still remaining um, in the LCS. And so you expect this series as a whole to be a, high, a lot of high scoring games. But you're not going to win a game with just one run, and especially one run off of a fluke wild pitch. You know, you've got to be able to score. It's it's plain and simple. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And then, you know, my notes, uh, Kirk Kareen comes in after Hoffman, who was great. Uh, Now, Alvarado comes in after him, and this is another Rob Thompson thumbprint on the game uh, that, frankly, you don't see very often, if ever, in baseball. It was the 6-4-3 double play that Alvarado got. Now, Rob Thompson called the defense in, and they basically played in, which led to the Guriel out mm-hmm. at home plate. Uh, but it also led to uh, the 6-4-3 double play that Alvarado got with a man on third and no outs. So here's the stat courtesy of Paul Casella for Major League Baseball. The 6-4-3 double play was the 46th ground in the double play with runners on the corners and nobody out in Major League Baseball postseason history. Hmm. Of the previous 45, and this is why, like, when this happened, I was like, they're going to win this game because this this doesn't happen. Right. Of the 45 previous plays, a run had scored 42 times. The second out was made at home the other three times. In other words, that's the first one ever in Major League Baseball postseason history where the runner stayed Hmm. at third. That is unbelievable. The manager almost won you a game by a simple decision to have the defense in there. Trey Turner, Bryson Stott turned an incredible double play. Alvarado got the ground ball. Uh, but I really started to believe then in that moment, like, damn, they just did something that doesn't happen. They're going to win this game. Well, shout out to Trey Turner for for the simple decision to look at third first, yeah. freeze up, yeah, and yeah. then and then throw it to second to Bryson. I mean, just a heads up play all around. That is much like Ranger Suarez pitching performance is going to unfortunately get overlooked because of the loss. So is a play like that. Like that's a highlight play. That's unbelievable. How you talk about that's unbelievable. Literally. You don't, <laughs> it, it does not happen. And in that moment, 
we are all feeling kind of like, oh, okay. You in sports sometimes you just need that one play that changes things and, that's and, what get, I thought and it get was. you going, and you felt like that was going to ignite things a little bit. So it's a shame it's going to get overlooked. But I will say, similar to um, what we talked about after the, I keep going back to that game too against the Braves because I know in the chat you guys are still going boo hoo boo hoo boo hoo. This is exactly what we felt after the the game against the Braves, the lone loss to the Braves. It was the punch in the face, as Nick Castellanos spoke about, that you need every once in a while. And we see how the Phillies responded after that loss. You know, this is yeah. this he is said a they hiccup. love it when they get punched. They love in the it face. when they get punched. I mean, this team thrives with adversity and being counted out and the naysayers and the trash talking. Like the more these types of comments that we're seeing in the chat get, you know, are are being tweeted about and posted about the more you're like fueling the Phillies fire. Like these guys love these types of things. And unfortunately I almost feel like that in itself is a big part of they took their foot off the gas. You come off a 10 0 win. It's hard to go into the next game, not feeling yourself a little bit. Yeah. Like you, you, you make a historic win like that, holding a team scoreless, putting up 10 runs, eight of them between two innings. It's hard to go into the next game with that same level of, you know, of motivation and just like playing on on the front foot, so to speak. If you kind of expect a drop off after that and not take them lightly in that sense, but get a little bit complacent. So as Nick Cassianos talked about last series, it's the punch in the face, the wake up call. And it definitely is a moment where you now will have a lot of these major plays that we've seen tonight lead to another victory versus them being overshadowed by a crappy 2-1 loss. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of good in tonight's game. It's not, you know, excusing the loss. Obviously, everybody would have loved to have been up 3-0. But as you said earlier, sweeps are hard in baseball. Go ask the Texas Rangers about that as they are. uh, (laughs) Let me see here if my uh, ESPN will update. They were already down 3-0. It's now Hmm. 3-2. So Texas making a game of it uh, as Houston is up 3-2 in the bottom of the third. Uh, rest of the notes here I have. Boom. Can't take two strike threes there. That's just no. inexcusable. Uh, Craig Kimbrell then came on and gave us all a heart attack. And Aww. we've all expected it. We've all known it was coming. He wasn't going to go perfect. He is not Brad Lidge. Um, he is a heart attack waiting to occasionally happen as a heart attack and not just a scare. And it happened tonight. And I do think of like, all the spots because it wasn't a blown save. You know, he was trying to hold the tie. It doesn't feel quite as bad. If he blew a save in, let's say it's two, two in game five and he blows a save, we'd all be like uh, drinking bleach, but it's not like Gatorade. It's not supposed to taste good. No, but like, no, we would not. If Craig yeah. blew it, I'm not. No. Yeah. So that's what you I'm saying. Like, of all the situations all, we where Kimbrel shits drinking and, bleach, like, just like, metaphorically, like metaphorically. No, not metaphorically. Don't metaphorically put me in that. Well, Maybe you all, yeah. me all, would not. Of all the situations he yeah. could have blown one, I thought tonight was like probably the best situation for him to blow one in. <laughs> As you drop, your I dropped emotional my emotional support football. <laughs> Good. I mean, I think the reason why mostly, well, one of the reasons why I wouldn't be drinking bleach in this metaphorical situation is because I'm not surprised. To me, I'd be like well, reacting. Yeah, that's poorly. what I'm just saying. Like we knew it was going to happen. Yeah. So like of all nobody, the spots, everybody's watching. That's especially if you are a Phillies fan and you've been watching them play. The moment you see Craig Kimber warming up, the moment you see the way the game has shaken out, and you see him taking the mound, you knew it. 
Yeah. I mean, okay, let's flip it. How many people realistically expected Craig to get us to some extra innings? Um, I, you did? I didn't feel great about it. I didn't feel great about it. I actually had already started ty- typing in my notes about, like, the last time the Diamondbacks had a walk-off was in... They've two, only had two. Yeah, and, it was and they, Luis they came Gonzalez. in the same year in 2001. Like, yeah. I already was doing my, like... You know, Marte had a three-hit afternoon, and he had a walk. Well, I didn't know it was going to be Marte, but once I saw he was next, I knew it was going to be Marte because he couldn't miss. I mean, he had 12 straight hits um, so far. But, you know, I was already kind of tailoring it to, oh, it's going to be a walk-off, and it's going to be a loss. But if you expected Craig to somehow extend the game, that's foolish of you. But the only thing not foolish of you is to go to the Game Time app and be able to check out oh. all the things they have there. If you want to buy tickets, and some places have expensive tickets, some places have much cheaper tickets, Chase Field. But regardless, you can still get $20 off with code PHLY. And the beauty is, if you go to a game like the Diamondbacks game at Chase Field to watch them play, play if you're an Arizona fan or if you're a Philly fan that likes to go out to support your team, with that $20 off, you might actually be making money back. $20 off with your code PHLY could essentially That's get you like a four free, free ticket. tickets out there. You can get a free ticket to go to Chase Field. Ding, ding, ding. So use the Game Time app, code PHLY, to get $20 off your purchase and go to Chase Field for free to watch the Phillies win game four and game five because I absolutely, without a doubt, it's not a cockiness thing. It's a confidence thing. It's knowing this team and how they operate. It's not an excuse on anything. It's definitely like right now the Diamondback fans are just like in here just talking. Real talk. weirdo energy. So weird. But the Phillies fans, I feel like you all understand how this team operates and know like this is a familiar spot we've been in before and the outcome was not good for the bad guys. So, meh. Yeah, yeah Kat- we'll see. Ask the Braves. Ask the Braves how this plays out. Or the Marlins too, actually. Cattell Marte, who's a great player. Great like, player. Not- you know, you give props where props are due. We our, had a, he's been playing well. Our yada, sister yada, station, yada. the PHNY <laughs> Diamondbacks, just retweeted him saying, we can compete with anybody in this league. You technically can compete with anybody. Yeah, but like, does that, what is that? Great quote, bro. Well, that was also him saying, um, you know, I just like to help my team win any way I can and stuff. But at least he was given all the politically correct answers, I guess. Unlike other people that give you like. Sounds like he's trying to convince mo- himself. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like we can compete with anybody. We can compete guys. with anybody. Yeah, we can. Yeah, can I we? would hope so. You're a freaking professional. And you're in the NLCS. Yeah. Like I would hope yeah, you can compete with anybody. I would think those anybody. doubts are already like <laughs> answered by now. I mean, you, you also just beat the Dodgers. unbeaten <laughs> in the first two series and you're in the NLCS and for the first time since 2017. Like I would hope you think you can compete with anybody. Yeah. It's just a totally it's weird. A deal. It's like that Arizona weirdness. air out there is like totally different. It's a little odd. It's a little off. But yeah, yeah you know, Marte had a great game. So mm-hmm. did Fott. Great. But I mean, so did... Acuna at one point and look where he's sitting. So it's like at at some point you just have to be a little realistic. I feel like we're always very realistic with every take that we have. We're not perfect. You might disagree with us, but we're very realistic at least. Well, and saying that at the end of the day, a loss is not the end of the world. And no, they'll bounce back. I'm not worried about it's it. It's not about who wins the battle. It's who wins the war. Corey Seager just hit a home run <laughs> and tied Texas up with the Astros. They're all tied up at three uh, in the top of the fourth, I believe. Uh, last note in my notepad from the game, JT Real Muto <laughs> with a real heady play. Our producer, mm, Julia's yes. favorite player. To save Craig Kimbrell's dumbass from a pitch clock violation and a free runner on with a full count. 
How this dude is incapable of paying attention to a pitch clock or a runner on base is it, it, it just seems like a purposeful intent by him not to pay attention to these things. Every other pitcher in baseball has adjusted to the pitch clock. Uh, runner on scoring position has always haunted him. But, like, dude, you have to show, like, a willingness to adapt to it. It is a rule of the game. And JT saw the clock winding down and basically called a timeout with, like, a second left and walked out there and goes, yeah, dude, I'm saving your ass. You were about to put a guy on for free with a full count. So great job by JT there. Craig Kimbrell, get your head in the game a little bit. This is all I have to say about this. Um you know, we've. This is not our first time having this conversation, Jamie. In no. fact, I'm very much having deja vu. <laughs> Just pay attention a little and bit. And I recall what series would that have been in the regular season? Was it the Braves? Right? It what might have been. Yeah, I think it was against the Braves in the regular season, where we were literally having this conversation. And I remember bringing up a quote by Craig Kimbrell saying, "You know, I understand it. I know I need to speed up my pitch. I know I need to be more aware. Well, do it." But essentially, like that's just how I roll. And we were in that moment, kind of like. Mm. But that's not okay. And here we are in a costly situation where his lack of awareness to stolen bases, his lack of awareness to the pitch clock, and the need to actually extend the game into extra innings was not going to happen because of it. So yeah, I know people see. were saying, like, on I saw on Twitter people saying, if we have to rely on Craig Kimbrell as a closer in, you know, any sort of – Situation like today and later down the postseason, we're in some trouble. Yeah, we're in some trouble. I, I I do find that interesting that Rob Thompson before the playoffs said, "No, we're going to go by committee and hot hand and yeah. this and that." And every opportunity has been Kimbrel so far. Yeah. Um, so just something to keep an eye on. Alvarado's work tomorrow is something to keep an eye on. How much is he able to go? Because he has been. Absolutely tremendous this postseason. Jose Alvarado is awesome. Uh, so been. all in all, I, th I would say our vibe is that sucks. Not worried. Christopher Sanchez, lead us to salvation tomorrow. Fight to see another day. Is another pitcher, if it is Nelson going tomorrow for the Diamondbacks, which is unannounced right now, is another pitcher with a north of 5 ERA and a north of 1-4 whip going to shut down this Phillies offense again it's probably a cold day in hell if that happens yeah. so uh, neither of us are sweating it it does suck I was hoping to have Saturday off selfishly <laughs> I'm not gonna lie uh you know let's play a late, late one on Sunday so yeah. it's just uh, missing dinner with the girls a little bit uh so selfishly I wanted to be off Saturday night but that's okay <laughs> hopefully the Phillies are closing out at that stupid chase field and those stupid Diamondback fans and I'm pretty sure they're all bots in the yeah, chat. Yeah, and I would like to see some adjustments though in terms of Craig and and Bohm in the fourth spot. You know, yeah, I would like to see Yeah, there was just a comment up there. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind the, seeing Bohm swap. Those are the only things like in terms of big decisions down the stretch of batting order and when you're, you know, who you're bringing in off out the bullpen. If I'm Rob Thompson, those are the two things that I'm adjusting. It's yeah. not even Orion. It's it's Craig and it's it's Boom for sure. Yeah, definitely. So, That's something to keep an eye on. Maybe somebody will and ask. To keep an eye on one more thing. I'm sorry, Jamie, before we wrap up. Jay Flo, the Diamondbacks fan, said he's gonna be back tomorrow. So I looks like we've got John Blaze with the Braves and Jay Flo with the D backs. And yeah. we've got some committed 
true followers that like to join our show, even though they're not Phillies fans. So, hey, come on in. Make sure you're liking and subscribing, too, right, when the, well, Yeah, well, yeah. when the <laughs> Phillies win tomorrow, I don't think we're going to be seeing Jay yeah. Flow. Just a hunch. No, no. Uh, but thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Everybody in here, love y'all. Mean it, except you rat Diamondback fans who aren't even real people. You're probably porn bots from Twitter. Uh, <laughs> have a great night to everybody. Phillies will be back tomorrow. We'll have a little bit of content out during the day tomorrow. Be back for a post-game show uh, and all that. We got you covered here at PHLY Phillies Podcast. Phillies in five, baby. Jay, you can type I'm not a bot, but I don't believe you. For (laughs) Renee Washington, I'm Jamie Lynch and everybody here at PHLY. Go Phillies. We'll see you tomorrow for game four of the NLCS. (laughs) 